You're listening to the Two Sleuth Podcast, all about the business of dentistry. Hosted by yours truly, Greg Essenmacher, a fixed full arch dental expert and founder of GNA Consult, speaking with industry leaders on the dental landscape from their perspective. Welcome to the Tooth Sleuth Podcast, everyone, all about the business of dentistry. I'm Greg Essenmacher, your host. I'm honored you've chosen to spend time with us as I speak with industry leaders on the dental landscape from their perspective. On today's episode, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Len Tao, the Reviews Doctor. Len Tao DMD is a renowned leader in dental consulting, recognized by Dentistry Today. He's an author, two books. He's retired from clinical dentistry as of December of this past year, 2022 to focus more on boosting practice revenue. Len has extensive experience. He's operated uh, the Pennsylvania Center for Dental Excellence. He does consulting with dental practices, hosts the Raving Pen- uh, Raving Patients podcast. That's a, that's a mouthful right there, I like the name. Uh, sought after lecturer on internet marketing, social media, reputation marketing, and known for just a fairly recent event that you just had, right? The Supercharge Your Dental practice bootcamp. And I'd love to hear more about that and upcoming events. So please, everyone, help me welcome my friend, Len. Thanks so much, Len, for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to spending the next uh, little bit with you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I'm i a big fan of look back, don't stare, but you've got to tell me about your sold out. And from my understanding, it was standing room only and people were trying to get in even after you sold out and we're getting the at the, the aftermarket tickets, kind of like for uh, any of these events, you know, like a World Series or Super Bowl. So tell me about your event. Tell all the listening audience about your event. I'm sure you're going to do it again. It was a first annual, right? Yep, first ever event. Been planning it since uh, January of 2022. So it was 18 months in the planning. Uh, 235 people had descended upon Delray Beach, Florida, where the event was held at the Opal Grand Resort. It was a uh, a two day business and marketing uh, boot camp. So focused the first day on the marketing side of a practice. The second day was focused on the business side of a practice. Uh, we ended up having 180 plus dentists there, and the rest were team members or industry leaders. And uh, it was, I mean, I dotted my I's, I crossed my T's, and it was a fabulous event executed flawlessly. Um, I would say that most people there had an amazing time. People have told me that it will be the event that this, these size events are compared to in the future. Uh, but we had 17 speakers, um, 14 hours of continuing education. It was just really well done, and everybody there enjoyed it. And a lot of people are wanting to come back next year when we have uh, version two of the event, very similar idea. Um, but I'm going to de-emphasize a l- little bit about the marketing, do a little bit more on leadership, more on business. Uh, but year two is September 27th and 28th, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Scott resort and spa, which is a small boutique, sp- uh, boutique style hotel, um, in old Scottsdale. Um, and it's very much a Cuban flair to it, but, um, we're excited about uh, year two and we're in earnestly planning it and picking the speakers and, uh, getting ready to launch it. I, I love it. And you're coming to my hometown, Metro Phoenix. I, I've lived here since 99 and it's a great, great opportunity to be able to come here in September. Hopefully it's that it's that iffy point end of September. So people bring your, bring your swimsuits and, and be ready. But I, I love too, that you're doing it at a smaller venue because what you described, I think you said 180 clinicians and then team members as well, that type of event from my experience, especially in the last year or so that intimacy in an event, individuals get so much more out of those. 
right? So tell me a little bit more about, you know, you talk about, you know, you're going to de-emphasize or, you know, less emphasis on the marketing aspect, more on the business aspect. And I work with my clients on, on business, right? The business aspect, coaching and training of team members, of course, but on business. So share with me a little bit more about what you're going to emphasize on the business aspect. So individuals who have heard about the event, because I heard about the event and it was fantastic. I mean, rave reviews from all those who attended and just the amount of content and the amount of collaborative nature at the event just was next level. So talk a little bit more about that for my listening audience, if you could. So this year we had some very specific marketing topics discussed. We had someone talking about Instagram. We had someone talking about SEO. We had someone talking about video marketing. We had someone talking about it. So it was very specific aspects of marketing. And um, the only negative I heard was that it was almost almost too much marketing thrown at them. It was like uh, like a hydrant, mm. a fire hydrant of information. So um, this year it's more of, I would say, more generic to topics, not specific topics, like someone speaking on 12 ways to differentiate yourself from the dentist down the street. Uh, someone else is talking about um, AI when it comes to content. Um, so, and there are, we had 16 speakers this past year. One wasn't able to make it. I had seven, said 17, but we're dropping it to 12 and giving them a little bit more time because uh, we were at 45 minute seminars and people said they would wish they had a little bit more time. So we're bowing up to 55 minutes and dropping down a couple of the speakers, but uh, an emphasis on leadership, on confidence in dentistry. I'm having someone talk about phone skills. We're having someone talk about how to be successful in practice. Again, how to differentiate your practice from the competition. Um, a lot on leadership, a lot on case acceptance. I'm going to have a panel on case acceptance. Um, so it's really on ways to really help grow the practice that are not given. It's not clinical CE. And everybody's known that they have to fix their clinical side, but no, they have to really work on their business side. And that's the goal of this with some marketing and leadership built in as well. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you, and forgive me, I'm going to put some words in your mouth, but when you're talking about like the case acceptance and doing a panel, right? Because individuals come at it from different perspectives, right? And sharing those, those nuggets and pearls and giving individuals more time to really drill deep. That's one of the things that I know a lot of feedback from a, a lot of these conferences that, you know, it tends to be a little more surface level. There isn't a lot of the granule takeaways where they can implement. And it's the give me the goods instead of being, I hate to say it, but you know, instead of being a promotional video or spot for them to then hire you to do it for them, but more of like the content, like give me the goods, like so that I can either do it or I don't have the time to do it, then sure, I'll reach out to you as an expert in the industry and the differentiation piece that you're talking about. But the overriding theme I'm hearing really is all about the patient experience, right? How, how do I offer that patient experience? And, you know, and I threw in there into your opening, it's not something that you shared with me. So just the listening audience knows when I call you the reviews doctor, I mean, I do know that that's on your, your website, by the way, that's where I got it from. But that's what you're known for, really, in, in the industry. It's really what where, what your brand is, if you will. And it is all about the patient experience to get those reviews, which then creates your uh, your image in the community. And that's what I think is so important. So uh, share about that, because I think that's critically important that, of course, the clinical competency is essential, but that patient experience piece is that feeling that patients take away and then spread the word about you. So yeah, the marketing's all great, but what your reputation is, is just critical to what you're going to be able to do. Would you agree with that? 
hundred percent. So I'm actually not speaking at my own event. I like to, I don't want the focus to be on me. I'll do the intro and the, the introduction to the event, opening remarks, 15 minutes. I'll do the, the final 15 minutes and some, we give away some raffles. That's the extent I want to be on stage. Although I love speaking, um, but I want to. I don't. I don't want to emphasize myself. I want to emphasize the 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 speakers that are speaking for me. And um, so there's not at this point there's not anything on that type of uh, of review generation and those types of things. But that's what separates practices from really ones that perform well and ones that perform not as well are, are how well you um, look in the eyes of people who are coming to the practice potentially. So it, you know, and you're only as good as Google says you are. And I've been in the review space now literally tw- twelve plus years. Um, I help thousands of dentists a year with their um, questions regarding reviews. Um, I got three today that says, hey, I got this bad review. What should I do about it? And I take the time and answer them. And um, it, it's a very big part of what I do. And um, But I really wanted to take a different approach to things and not make it about about all about Len, as I like to say. This event, this event which certainly was not about Len. Next event will not be about Len. It's about providing a, a place where people can come and learn not clinical stuff. They learn content. It's not fluff. Um, people aren't getting up there to, to pitch their products and services. Um, that's not what this is about. This is about, and I got up there at the beginning and I said, there's three things I want you to focus on. Number one is taking action. If you don't take action, you're not going to get anything from this event. So taking action was number one. Um, setting goals was number two. Um, it, because when you take action, you set goals, that's how things kind of get moving. And then something that's called the 98% decision factor. And I've studied um, really well-established and successful CEOs over the years. And one thing they have in common is 98% of the decisions they make take them less than two minutes to make it. And only 2% of the decisions they make take any, take any significant amount of time. And I find that dentists don't make decisions quickly enough. So when I taught them this, they decided to take action. And a lot of them got really a lot out of the, the seminar because I laid those ground, ground rules at the very beginning of the seminar, what the goal of my meeting was for them to leave and take action and be um, go back to the practice on Monday morning and start implementing. Because what I like to say is action, education without action is just entertainment. And they were thoroughly entertained. And if they take action, they would get even a better result from the meeting. So that was the kind of the aura around it. Yes, reviews are important, but um, I know that I wanted to make sure they understood other factors when it came to running a business and obviously marketing one's practice. Hi everyone, sorry for the interruption. Greg Essenmacher here, founder of GNA Consult. Just wanna take a brief moment and let you know if you're a practice owner, founder, group administrator, or DSO regional manager trainer and looking to add, grow Full Arch for your location, improve same source sales, or learn more about what Full Arch can do for your production numbers and profitability, reach out to the show and book a discovery call today. Our expert team is here to help. Well, and certainly having something that's entertaining, right? Presenting materials in a way that is engaging is critically important when putting on an event. You've, you've shown that, right? And, and know all of the effort that goes into it on the front end, for sure. Uh, but I love how you talk about action, and that's critically important. So let, let me wind back the clock a little bit, because, you know, that's where you are today and looking forward. But let's wind back the clock of how did you get here? Right. So the, the Pennsylvania Center for Dental Excellence, was that the first practice that you had and built and grew? And is that where foundationally you, you know, I was going to say cut your teeth for, you know, we can still use those puns. Right. Is that where you cut your teeth and really learned experientially uh, about all of these things? Or tell, tell us, where did you learn? I love the I was, founder stories. Right. I was always yeah. an entrepreneur, but um, I 
finished dental school, I did a residency, joined to practice as an associate for about three years, uh, so six years total after residency. But I knew that I always wanted to be an owner of the practice. And uh, one came about, unfortunately, when a dentist had committed suicide in Philadelphia, um, in Northeast Philadelphia. And I said, this is my opportunity. Uh, the groundwork's there. The, the team members are there. There's patients there. Um, the office need to be, needed to be gutted and redone, in my opinion. So that's what I did. I bought the building, gutted the building, redid the building, uh, made it a, a place that I would be very happy with. And I always like to say I built the practice of my dreams. Um, you know, I remember walking in there day one when I had the new office set up and it was like, wow, this is, this is a great place. Um, so that's how I built it. That's why I built it was because I had, I had bought a practice from the dentist who was no longer there, wanted to make it very different than an experience for someone coming back to the practice. They wouldn't even recognize the same building. It looked totally different. And, um, I needed to, and I was very much in debt. I was $1.8 million in debt from the loan I took to build the building or got the building, build, rebuild the building, plus my mortgage, plus the practice loan. And I needed to really figure out how to way to, to generate new patients. And I, I was on, you know, dental town was very big then. And I reached out to a lot of the gurus in dental town. Um, I had taken a lot of, um, classes on marketing and stuff. And, um, so I, I reached out to people, but it wasn't working really well. And, um, I figured let's start doing it myself. And I did. And I, um, I kind of did things differently in my practice from both the, a patient perspective, but even the way I ran the business. Um, and I, I differentiated myself from my competitors in the area and my practice started to grow and grow and grow. And I started uh, being asked to really teach the concepts I mean, you know, customer service was like goal number one for me. I wanted to make sure the patients had a great experience because if they had a great experience, I knew that they would tell others, they would talk about it online. Once reviews became a big portion of my, my marketing that I did. And that's what I did. I made my myself different. And being different is what set myself apart from the other practices. And that's what people wrote about. I can't believe Dr. Tao drove me to my, or met me at my oral surgery appointment for a consultation. You know, what dentist does that? I can't believe Dr. Tao spoke to me even before I came into the practice for the first time. I can't believe Dr. Tao is the one talking about the money. These were things that people wrote about online. And again, it differentiated myself and it really grew my practice. And I said, hey, what? you know what? I love talking about this stuff. Let's start doing some speaking. And I was asked to speak. And fortunately, that's when things really escalated from speaking to doing some consulting to creating my own piece of software called iSocial Reviews. Um, and it's kind of just grown from there. And, you know, the sky's the limit. That was in 2012, I created a piece of software which sold to BirdEye in 2014. You know, BirdEye is a very large company right now. I run the dental division for them. But that was like the, the biggest change in my life was, you know, here we are 10 years later, I'm no longer practicing. So that's kind of the origin story of what kind of went on in my career to a, to a not be an hour and a half podcast episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> And my listening audience that's used to the, the 25 to 30 minute chunk appreciates that. Absolutely. So wh where did the, I, I have to, I have to go back even further a little bit though, because I, I love everything that you talked about. Absolutely. You know, figuring it out, right. This mountain of debt and you had to figure out how to pay for it. Either that or, you know, we won't talk about what could have happened, right? You know, yes. I don't know if it was loan sharks or where you got that money from, but you know, I mean, it was in PA. So, it, but let me ask you this. So it, that had to have taken a tremendous amount of courage to say, I'm going to buy the, right, the practice, op the opportunity showed itself, you know, you know, through, through tragedy, but opportunity presented itself. You raised your hand and said, yes, but then also to say, I'm going to take out another loan and 
create the the practice of my dreams, which is another big chunk of money. Where does that courage come from? Rather than just saying, well, I already have all of this debt. Let me try to pay some of it off before I actually turn around and do a remodel. Because I'm sure there's some out there listening right now that think, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm about to make this investment. Like I've got all this debt. Like, let me do some debt servicing here for a little while before I do that step, right? It sounds to me like you pretty much did the whole sum total at once and said, let me just, you know, I'm not going to eat this whale one bite at a time. I'm going to, I'm going to take big chunks. So where did that come from? That's exactly what we did. I felt I needed to go all in or not at all. And we went all in. Uh, We put, you know, I'm a big poker player and we jumped right in and (laughs) we made the necessary changes to to do it. And, and uh, I always had gumption. I've always had drive. I've always been a hustler. And I said, you know, like, like I said, let's do this the right way. Let's do it once and I have to do it again. And we did. And it was, again, it was, it was, I'm thrilled. The office now we're talking, you know, 17 years later, 16 years later, looks just as good as it did when it was purchased. It's very pick colors that would not go away with time. And, uh, you know, I don't own the bill. I don't own the practice. I'm selling the building, you know, in December of, of this year, 2023. Um, so I'm not going to be the, the owner of the building either anymore. Um, living in Florida and running, a, running a, or owning a building up in another state is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But um, mm. it stood the test of time. Um, when I when I sold the practice in 2021, um, I I unfortunately probably took less money than ideally I should have. But I was already living in Florida. I wanted to be out, and I got out. And I hate to say it, I love dentistry. I really did. I love treating patients. I love the the financial ramifications that came with it. I love the the team I had was amazing. But I haven't missed a day since I sold. And and mm. being doing something for 23 years. Um, and then stopping and saying, okay, you're done. And I worked a year and a half for the, the associate, uh, who bought my practice and I was the associate, but uh, I haven't missed it. And uh, cause I've had so many other things to do and I'm so busy, uh, you know, I, I have no stress, you know, running a dental office was great. I enjoyed it. Um, but I was not living the life of my dreams. It was very stressful, um, the dealing with the patients. I mean, my team was great, but still dealing with the HR stuff, dealing with insurance companies, even though I was not in network, um, dealing with all the, the, being the CEO of the practice. I loved it, but it was very stressful as well as doing the dentistry. It, it comes with all of that for sure. And, and I appreciate you sharing that uh, with myself, with the listening audience, because it, it absolutely is helpful to, to fill in the color of the why, right? The why behind the what. I always talk about motivation. I'm in the full arch lane. And, you know, with all of those that I work with, the treatment coordinators, those doing the lead calls, the founders and decisions that they're making, it's always looking for that motive. What is the why behind the what? Figure that out and, and you'll understand better about decision making process and your decision tree and, and where to go next. Uh, so thank you for that. You've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, some of those turning points in the career, you know, with Bird Eye and what you've done. Uh, I'm curious, along this path of journeying from clinical dentistry to where you are today, um, has there been an individual or a couple of individuals that you've been inspired by or that have mentored you or that you've leaned on that you'd like to share, um, give shout outs to? Because there typically are pivotal individuals or a few individuals along that path, especially when there's, I mean, you're still in dental, if you will, but definitely a transition in your life and career path and what sounds like now living the life of your dreams since you said you weren't before. Uh, so we're going to make that assumption for you. So who are those individuals or an individual uh, that you'd like to lift up? Well, number one, um, my initial 
when I was working as an associate in Pennsylvania, I worked for a gentleman by the name of Steve Olitsky. He had a company called, it was, the office was called Upper Gwena Dental Arts, and I, I basically cut my teeth there. Um, he taught me how to be an excellent dentist. I thought I was a great dentist, and he basically pulled me aside and said, you, I'm going to take you under my wing and make you a great dentist, and he did. So I give credit to him because he helped me with the clinical side of things. Um, I will also then tell you that I got my speaking start uh, after I met a gentleman by the name of Joseph Greenberg, who was a cosmetic aesthetic dentist in Villanova area in Pennsylvania. And he met me when I was a very young dentist and saw something in me that uh, others see now. And he basically gave me my, my first speaking opportunity at, at his study club. And um, mm. that, was, that was really influential in kind of how my, my career took off because once I started speaking, that changed the, the gamut of everything I was doing. And then, interesting enough, the third person I would tell you was, would be the CEO and co-founder of, of BirdEye. His name is Naveen Gupta, and he bought my company back in, in 2014, took me upon his wing, and we spoke almost every single evening. And I say he basically um, gave me an MBA education. I learned about the business side of stuff very much through him and his ability, um, where I learned literally the most important things that a business has to know in order to in order to flourish. And back then we were a very small company. Uh, I mean, incredibly small, you know, here we are nine years later and Bird Eyes at a, over a hundred million dollars annual recurring revenue. We have over 10,000 dental practices using Bird Eye, a hundred thousand businesses. We're worldwide. We have offices in the UK, Australia and US um, and other places. Um, and like I said, he took the time when we was, when it was a fledgling comp company to teach me and give me advice on how to grow that part of the business. And, you know, I'm very responsible for the dental growth that we have. So those were our three people, my dad as well. My dad was a dentist. Unfortunately, he passed away two years ago. Um, but, um, he also was a big, big, uh, influence in my career. So those were, those are four people that immediately stood out. Uh, I, I, the piece and, and you know, uh, parental uh, individuals, right? Our parents, our bloodline of parents, but especially that piece of a fledgling business and somebody who's willing to spend the time. And, you know, there there's an episode that's going to come out right before yours, by the way, which is going to happen in just a few weeks. Uh, Margaret McGuckin, who's a, a good friend of mine, and she talks about that in dental. It's such a small community, right? It's such a rich industry and love it. And it's just reach out, reach out to individuals because- the vast majority of individuals are always willing to help. And that's what you're talking about, right? In this space. And, you know, it sounds like for the founder of BirdEye, just willing to give the time to be able to help and develop and build and grow. And I found that in this industry, I've been in this industry for 17 years now, but there's so many individuals, especially for founders and entrepreneurs, as we're building and growing of just pick up the phone, reach out, or, you know, especially like through LinkedIn, right? Or through, you know, DM somebody through Instagram, just reach out because if they're a little bit further along, or even if they're not like just the, the collaborative nature of the industry for the most part is just so vast uh, and so yep. amazing. I, I truly love it. And it's incredible. So Thank you for lifting that piece of it up for sure. Well, Len, this is the part of the program. All of my guests play something called What the Sleuth is Going On? So it's three rapid fire questions. First thing that comes to mind, are you ready to play? Sure. <laughs> okay, question number one. What's the worst bad breath you've ever encountered? Worst bad breath I've ever encountered. So there was a, there was a patient who came into my practice um, and he had not been to the dentist in 35 years. Okay. He actually was from a foreign country. He was probably 35 years old and had never gone to the dentist. And when he walked into my office, the entire people at the front desk 
basically left the front desk and said, um, this guy has um, gum disease. You can smell it from across the room. And after when we brought him into the room, I mean, he needed some major periodontal work done. And um, he ended up writing a bad review about me, believe it or not, because he wanted a free cleaning and didn't get a free cleaning. Now, I did contact him afterwards to review the situation. And he took the review down and wrote a really five-star glowing review after I spoke to him. But after he went into the operatory from the front desk, they fumigated the front desk. It it smelled really bad. <laughs> Clinicians always have the best answer to that. They re- oh, no, I can't say the best because there, there have been some pretty good doozies on the Tooth Sleuth podcast. All right, that's a good one. Question number two. If you could change one thing about your smile, what would it be? So I actually had cosmetic dentistry already. So there isn't a lot I would change now. But when I was um, when I was not an owner of my practice yet, I was an associate. I had gotten hit in the face uh, by my sister. Uh, I was hiding behind a door, and she slammed the door and it went right into my tooth. And it, the tooth died. It, it, I never not needed a root canal. There's no there's no uh, canal there, but it turned really yellow. And um, I knew that I could not sell dentistry with a yellow tooth. So I had my forefront teeth veneered back in, in 2000, it was probably um, 2005, maybe it's 15, 16 years ago now. So uh, I wouldn't change it. I love the way my smile looks now, but I needed the cosmetic dentistry to have it done. So I don't think I'd change anything right now about it. It's kind of like a landscaper in their front yard. Like you have to have a good front yard if you're into landscaping, right? Or an interior yeah, or, decorator. And like if you're over their house for a party, like it, it's got to look good, right? So same yeah, with exactly. the dentist, right? You got to have a good grill. That's, you know, if you're in <laughs> dental, have a good grill. So, okay. Yes. I like it. I like it. Okay. Question number three. If you could go back and be the inventor of any dental product and know you can't use your own, any dental product, which one would you choose and why? I can go back and so I am a huge tech buff. I love technology in my personal life and my business life. So I was user number seven for the iTero. Mm. Um, I was so number seven and back in 2007, I, my serial number was number seven. That, that technology was like the first mainstream scanner that came into it other than the Sarek technology. I would, and, and it was very interesting. My wife was the guinea pig when we actually worked with the iTero for the first time. And she said to me, you know who really would benefit from this service? Invisalign. And lo and behold, Align bought them like five years later. It was the funniest thing in yeah. the world. So I would love to have invented that because that was a, I think that was a big game changer in the industry. That's what I would say I would go back and invent. Wait, so are you telling me, Len, that your wife was patient zero? My wife was patient zero when it came to uh, using a number seven. Yes, correct. (laughs) Correct. I just want to connect the dots here to make sure that my listening audience followed that along like I was. All right. So Len, in the last few minutes, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to share with the listening audience today? Pearls of wisdom, items I haven't talked about. Look, I'm an, I mean, I think we discussed some of it and taking action, I think is really important. Setting goals, I'm a huge goal setter. Um, I always like to show in my seminars, um, when I was moving from a Philadelphia area to uh, South Florida, uh, my parents had given me like a junk box. And in the box, um, I went through it and said, what can we keep? What should we chuck? And I found this list of goals that I set when I was 10 years old. And um, I had achieved most of those goals 
that were written on that, which I wrote when I was 10 years old. And uh, so I'm a huge goal setter. I'm a huge action taker. I, I kind of make decisions very quickly. You know, if I want something, I buy it. If I, you know, I don't worry about is a $3,000 product going to affect my business. If it is, then you shouldn't be in dentistry because there's, that's, that's $250 a month if you think about it. So mm. um, I look at things very differently and I would tell people to have an open eye, open mind, uh, clear your mind, uh, but set goals, take action, and you will achieve a lot of your goals. And don't be afraid to spend money, especially on marketing. If you market your practice appropriately, um, you should see a, f a good three, four to five times return on investment. So if you're investing five grand, you should get anywhere from fifteen to $25,000. And then you'd invest more if you do that well. So don't let a few dollars hold you back from achieving you know, a, a better practice out there. I love that. Great, great advice from Dr. Len Tao. And that works in the full arch world too, as far as patient acquisition costs. So those numbers hold so. up across the board. So thank you so much, Dr. Len Tao, for being on the Two Salute podcast, dropping pearls of wisdom. Look for his upcoming event in 2024. Tell everybody again, what then is it? Supercharger Dental Practice, same name? Supercharger Dental Practice. You can check out information at superchargerdentalpractice.com is where the website is. We should have an updated site out in, you know, in the next few weeks uh, with all the new speakers and this, the hotel information, et cetera. Uh, but it's, it's going to be September 27th through 28th in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Scott Hotel, uh, Scott Resort and Spa. Uh, be there or be square. Excellent. And to get a hold of you, if they want to talk about reviews, things of that nature, to, or if they want you for a speaking engagement or just to reach out and harass you like I do. I mean, I have, I mean, like I would, how'd they do that? So cell phone number, which everybody has is easy. It's the easiest way. 215-292-2100. You can also email me at Len, L-E-N, at D-R-L-E-N, T-A-U.com. So it's Len at DrLenTao.com. And I am incredibly active on social media. So uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, on Facebook. I'm the easiest guy to get a hold of. And I will respond very quickly. If I don't respond, it means I didn't get it. Perfect. And we'll make sure all of that gets into the show notes. Thank you so much, Len. We appreciate you being on the podcast and nothing but success to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Be sure to tune in to our next episode of the Tooth Sooth Podcast. If you need help with converting lead calls into consults, closing consults into more full arch cases, or creating a more strategic marketing message and branding for your practice or group, follow me for more tips or reach out to GNA Consult for a discovery call today.